The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. You're all here with us, and also that Ad Bruni is back and joining us along with Chris this month. So I wanted to give Bruni just a minute to introduce herself since uh, she's familiar to those of us who've done the program for several years, but if you're new this year, you might not know her. And then I'll pick up where we've, we've been last month. So. Hi. <laughs> Is that okay? Okay, that's fine. So, um, hi everyone. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so happy to be here with all of you. Uh, the Eightfold Path program is is very dear to my heart. is um, is a way in which I live my life, and um, being here and and sharing. And sharing, um, sharing it in, in a way that um, I'm also sharing a, the experience of, of embodying it and, and integrate it into my life, and also sharing it uh, with dear dear friends and practitioners is is a joy. Um, so, um, my name is Bruni, as as you you have heard. <laughs> And um, I've been practicing here at IMC since 2006. Um, before that, I, I was practicing at other centers, and through the chaplaincy program, I, I arrived here, and, and I stayed. And um, it's been a joy to be in service f- uh, to this community and being part. This is home. This is home for me. Um, I think that does... That's enough for now. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, we, you know, we've we started off on this path with a general perspective of what the path is, where we're headed, recognizing that, uh, you know, when we do something or think something or an internal event happens, it has consequences. Right view. And also just looking at that we find stress and suffering in our lives and then we can find the cause of that. Um, it can come to an end. And also this Eightfold Path, um, I love the way Gil described it this morning. It's both a prescription and a description. So the prescription is, it is something that we can work with, which is what we've been doing for these last months. And it's also descriptive, meaning he was pointing to the fact that it's the way we live, even if we've been lucky enough to go all the way to liberation, we're living the embodied noble eightfold path. So uh, we had a month to spend uh, with right intention, recognizing that instead of living lives of of grasping and uh, ill will and harm, we can practice renunciation or letting go. We can practice kindness. We can practice compassion. And, you know, getting a chance to see that in our daily lives. And then uh, last month we made the transition to this uh, trio of places where this Eightfold Path, where our practices really show up in ourselves every moment of every day, and there are lots of opportunities. So we did right speech, and maybe you noticed 
that your internal right speech and your external right speech provided plenty of learning opportunities, as well as moments when you noticed how things were going well, I hope. I hope you're landing on that also, noticing when you know, you say something that's helpful or kind or you notice compassion welling up in yourselves. It's as important to notice skillful practice as to notice when it's you feel like, oops, you know, that wasn't the right thing to say or, wow, I'm thinking really harsh thoughts about myself. That's not so useful. So this trio of right speech, this month right action, and next month right livelihood. These are the so-called moral or ethical factors and I was noticing in Bhikkhu Bodhi's book um, that he notices, he noted, it's not merely the actions we take. It's also a path of mental purification focusing on these three things. So we're really noticing what's going on internally in our minds around right speech, right action, and right livelihood. So with that, um, why don't we take some time for a guided sit? So we'll sit, be sitting for about 20 minutes. Just finding a comfortable, relaxed but attentive posture. Even that business of finding the most comfortable way to sit and noticing how you are right now really embodies right intention. Can you take note of any conditions in your life right now or in you in this moment as you come to this sit? Moods, body sensations, mental states, preoccupations just mindfully noticing what those are, whether they happen, whether they're happening in general or they just happened in the last moment, and extending a little bit of renunciation towards those, allowing yourself to gradually let go what can be let go of. but allowing it to take its time, not forcing. Even as you just settle into your sitting, are there ways that you can be kind to yourself right now?
Noticing what's arising in the breath, in the body, in our feelings, and mental states as they come and go, thoughts as they come and go. Can we extend compassion? Just being present. for each thing as it arises and passes. If there's any internal speech as you're practicing, even the subtlest way in which you're giving yourself support or speaking to yourself about your practice internally, just noticing that and extending these kind intentions of allowing those bits of internal speech to be noticed and to arise and pass. Allowing yourself to notice wise action and unwise action just as an internal matter as you're sitting. If there's any subtle kinds of harming inside yourself, towards yourself, tiny little, you know, pressurings or ways that you are being with yourself. Noticing those. 
and allowing some compassion towards those internal movements that are actions towards ourselves, towards our sitting practice. Just mindfully noticing them arising, being present with us, falling away. Allowing what's present and allowing ourselves time to collect, settle, reflect on what's present, let it go, be kind towards it, be compassionate towards it, and even just let yourself alone for a while are all forms of right action. Enjoying your sitting when that arises.
Yes. Um, now we have an opportunity to get into groups of three. And, you know, feel free to find someone if you haven't had a chance to work with someone here before and you'd like to work with someone new. Or if you've made the rounds with everybody and you find yourself in a group where you've been before, that's all right, too. So I'm going to invite you to find groups of three and spread yourself around the room, and then I'll give you the topics. So please go ahead. be a bit rough. Okay. So uh, thank you for finding yourselves with your partners. And uh, what we have two different topics. So I'd like you to self-manage in discussing these two different topics, but I think it is useful, as we've done before, to uh, each person say one thing and then let uh, the next person have a turn to say one thing and keep going around, rather than... Um, you know, one person taking a lot of time and then suddenly you find you're out of time. But these two different topics um, are, and I'd like you to see which one speaks to you. You can speak to both of them if you have time. I mean, we've got a good long time here. Um, we're going to have about 15 minutes to do this exercise. So the one question is, what helps you refrain when tempted to harm? So this this involves you know, looking at where there is harming in your life, you know, whether it's dealing with the insects like Chris was talking about or any any form of harm. What helps you refrain in your own life? So, you know, you can each offer something about that and by offering one thing and then going to the next person, sometimes somebody else will say something that makes you realize, ah, that's another area where I can refrain from harm. The second question is, what helps you refrain when tempted to take what is not offered? So again, there's a huge range of taking what's not offered. You know, sometimes it's like, for me, a long practice has been not interrupting other people. I'm still working on that one. You know, if I get too excited, I want to get in there with my statement. So wherever it is in your life when you find yourself taking what is not given... So this is, you know, you can tell this exercise is a bit twofold. First, you're thinking about where in your life you're tempted to take. And then you're sharing what helps you, ref what would help you refrain from that. So first one, what helps you refrain when tempted to harm? That could be lashing out, any kind of harm. What helps you, the second question, what helps you refrain when tempted to take? We just decided not to add the what helps you refrain when tempted towards sexual misconduct because we thought that might be a rather deeply personal. 
but just know that that's one you can take home with you. That's your take-home assignment. Um, So please go ahead, and I will ring the bell in about 15 minutes.
that uh, that you'd like to speak to the room. Remembering that um, this is also great for people who listen on the recording to hear some things normalized and learn a little bit about what we just uh, learned from ourselves. So who might be willing to share any any learning that came up for you about what help, what would help you refrain from either uh, harm or being tempted to take something? Right, so still hold them up to your mouth like this, close to your lips, uh, and speak loudly, please. Um, so I was thinking and talking a little bit about what keeps me from harming others, and the primary way I would do that is really by expressing strong emotions through words, particularly anger. And quite frankly, that never really works for me. I don't end up getting what I want the vast majority of the time. And then I end up with that ripple effect. We've all had that, right, where you speak in anger and the situation passes and then you have to think about it several hundred times. And so it's just over the years I've learned that it just doesn't work for me. Now, on the other hand, I I see people who somehow that works for them. And I'm curious a little bit in terms of how habits are built for people that see or find a way to use that to get what they want. Is it harder for them to drop that? That was my thought. Thank you. Since this is a practice, it's so important noticing what works for you and what doesn't. On the other hand, maybe everybody's quiet and reflective and needs a break. (laughs) So um, let's take a 10-minute break, and we'll ring the bell to be back at 2.25. Thanks.